Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art in music, film, traditional art, focusing on the career of the one and only artist, musician, actor, Tricky. To hash it out, I am, of course, joined by one of our executive, exclusive senior contributors, the one that's tricky, 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 and that's Mr. T-Buck. Welcome, Buck. How's it going? Multi-pass. <laughs> What's Dallas. the multi-pass? What? Oh, Col- Dallas. Colvin Dallas. Colvin Dallas. Oh, Colvin we'll Dallas. get there. Oh, deep cut already. Yes, I like Colvin it. Dallas. Tricky. We're talking about Tricky today because he's had such an eclectic, varied, very interesting career, but one of complete vision. Clearly, always striving to do what he wanted to do in the moment and when he wanted to do it. Because of that, he has created just this oh, amazing, great, original, and oftentimes groundbreaking work, placing him in the highest ranks of artistic integrity. In other words, he doesn't care what you think. Doesn't care. Doesn't care, nope. Buck. Doesn't care about me, you. He's going to do his own thing. He's and like he's the done OG it. Honey Badger. <laughs> The OG Honey Badger. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that. I like that a lot. Of course, before we can discuss, we all need a little background. Tricky was born Adrian Nicholas Matthew Thaws on January 27th, 1968 in Bristol, England. He is the descendant of a Jamaican father and an, and an Anglo-Guyanese mother. His mother, Maxine Quaye, remember that name, unfortunately passed away when Tricky was very young, but his father, Roy Thos, went on to open one of the most popular sound systems of his time, Studio 17. Tricky had a troubling childhood, often finding his way in and out of the hands of the law, even serving some time at one point, but eventually found his escape in music. He began his career as an early member of the band Massive Attack, an evolution of the Wild Bunch sound system alongside Robert Donaja, Grant Marshall, and Andrew Vowles, before going solo in 1995, which is where our journey begins today with this episode. Before we go there, of course, we need a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show 
before we really dive into his art, his work, you know we we you know what we like to do here, guys. We like to take things from top to bottom, and we always do that through the career and history of the artist's work. This now, there's a couple things life, you need Kirby. to know. If this is your life. <laughs> Before we do that, of course, you guys need a little bit of uh, a little bit of background, uh, uh, a little more background um, before we get to the biggest thing in his background, which is his discography as a musician. His mm-hmm. solo career really sprouted with a longtime collaboration between him and singer Martina Topley Bird. Okay, so remember that, that word. That is a name. Remember that ne- name. Yeah, Martina Topley Bird. I because like, you're like gonna you're gonna hear it come up a lot throughout uh, his discography. Now, uh, I did want to talk about a, a few other things before we actually touch on his actual work, and that is his vocals. He has such a unique sound. He's probably gonna go on our long-standing list of uh, one and onlys, and no one has really mm-hmm. sounded like him before he came along. And I doubt anybody will sound like him after. I'm going to do my best to describe his vocal. Of course, I urge you guys listening to actually <laughs> just listen to an album and really uh, gain an appreciation and, and hear it for yourself. But his vocal is gruff, right? It has this breathy growl yeah. essence with hints of vocal fry, and it usually hangs hangs in deeper octaves, but it has a very limited range. How would you describe yeah. it, Buck? Yeah, it, it, it's almost like I would say he, you know, some, some people would think, because a lot of his the, his style of music is uh he it's almost like spoken word almost oh my god exactly yeah. yes so yeah i i would say yeah yeah i think that's a good way of explaining it. it's, it's almost like he's he's doing it effortlessly it's just like in the office effortlessly effort effortlessly <laughs> effortlessly effortlessly now you got me doing it jesus christ uh effortlessly um that he's he's doing it so yeah i think i i think you're spot on with an, a, a unique voice that Yes, in our menagerie of uh, menagerie of I like that. Yeah, see, definitely, um, that's important to know too because I think his style, uh, when it comes to the actual singing version of his vocals, that hybrid of sometimes talk singing or sometimes he'll lean more on the singing, sometimes he'll lean more on the just the the, the talky side of the singing. But what happens is. I'm so glad you brought this up because what happens is we hear that British accent come through the recording, whereas someone like someone that's, you know, famously British or from the UK or whatever, when they're when they're clearly singing within Western harmonies and and they have a really vast range, we lose that accent. Right. A, okay. a perfect example is like Adele. You know, when you hear her just talking, she's like she almost has this like Cockney kind of side to her accent. And she's like, accent, I, I and went and got a bag like an angel. <laughs> One time I heard her talk. She's like, I had a daddy bagger. Yeah. Um, that, I, like, yeah. Uh, like that's i have to the only time i can do a a cockney accent is i say the most stereotypical thing it's this um yeah like there's got to be like a a technical term for that why i don't know it off the top of my head there is a there is a name 
there is a word for this. Yeah. So like phenomenon. When, yeah, like you you lose your accent when you sing. I don't know what that is, but yeah, you get well, and some don't. Like uh, Courtney Barnett, for example. Um, you can definitely, but she does that spoken word kind of thing too. Courtney Sometimes. Barnett is from where? Australia, I, thought, I believe. Oh, I thought she was American. See, she even fooled me. I didn't know enough uh, of her history. I believe it is. Let me let me because because Courtney Barnett is that kind of indie singer songwriter that does a lot of stuff with Kurt Vile and those those kind of circles. Yeah, she's right. From, she's from Sydney. Sydney, Australia. Put another shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> this uh, isn't a knife. I knew. I knew. This a, is uh, a knife. I knew an Australian guy that he would like. He said it's literally like nails on a chalkboard when you do that. Um, <laughs> when we when we when we the do shrimp, the accent, he said when Americans do Australian accents, he like seriously wants to kill them. Oh. Um, well, as as you know, as a culture, God, we love each other, right? We love Australians. Australians no, love Austra- Americans I think and Australians and, and Americans and, and love Americans Australians. Very very similar yeah we're kind of cousins <laughs> in a way yeah yeah we you know we're we were both we started out as penal colonies so yeah there's a lot of similarities there <laughs> let's but let's uh let's pull it back uh so tricky likes to explore a little of everything musically so his discography will play with a lot of different sounds genres and of course musical stylings but they have all they all have a very similar aesthetic and a kind of signature tricky sound. Then part of that is, of course, from his vocal, but a lot of it comes from what he likes to write. So this is the I tried to and, and Buck, correct me if you if if I'm wrong or if you have anything to add. I try to dissect the signature tricky sound and explain it in a in a brief in a brief way. So his sound usually includes looping beats, electronica, mm-hmm. duet specific singing sections. That's important. We're going to see that a lot. Uh, and his vocal is usually second to some other lead like Martina. Yeah, and yeah. it usually hangs on the genres of hip hop, dub, reggae, and of course, trip hop, which he helped to mm-hmm. pioneer. Yeah, I think the trip hop part is definitely what he's most known for. I like that he's one of the voices like it's him and um, I'm forgetting her name off the top of my head, uh, the lead singer for uh, Portishead. Um, his voice and then Nigel's as well. That's what I think when I think trip hop. Or yeah. Those kind of three people. Right yeah. There. So yeah, I think I think yeah. For me, it's trip hop. And we've we've explained we've explained trip hop in different um in our as in our actual massive attack episode. So yeah. check out that episode for more information. But uh, just to uh, give you a a quick recap of what trip hop is trip hop is a fusion of obviously hip hop that's where it comes that's where the name comes from it's it's literally called trippy hip hop that's why what is what is hip hop hip hop is um Hip hop and rap. What's rap, right? What is what uh, is that? What is that rap music? These what is that rap music? All the kids are listening to. Uh, but yeah, it's it 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 takes a very uh, lo-fi, mid-tempo, yeah. a lot of um, traditional song structure with uh, beginnings, uh, verse, choruses, bridges, uh, verse, choruses, outros, and really brings in a lot of uh, beautiful melodies through female mm-hmm. vocalists and other things like that but infusing the hip-hop and the rap roots and other things to give it this distinct sound and that in a nutshell is trip hop but he he definitely explores other sounds it's just that 
because he has that singular DNA from one album to the next, even though he's exploring a lot of things, I would say they all, to me personally, have a very similar aesthetic. I think a lot of songs could be kind of placed anywhere in his discography, yeah. to album to album. Uh, I think he would disagree. From from doing my homework for this book, I, I feel like he would, he would really fucking tear me a new asshole um, from saying that. Another thing he likes to tear um, new assholes about is mm. the fact that Tricky is he can still considers his career a solo and and the beginning with his first LP 1995's uh Max and Quay Max and Quay which is remember me saying hey remember his mother's name clearly that's a a version of his oh, mother's name that he okay. put together so his mother's name is Maxine Quaye and then the album is just called Max and Quaye. It's like one word that he he made uh, together from her her two names. Gotcha. And um, that makes sense now. Yes. And so when uh, when when he put designed his sound, even from the get go with this 1995 LP, um, he had since his vocals are, are always kind of secondary to the lead. A lot of people said that he it was a duo or Tricky is more of a group name, and he 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 kind of mm-hmm. hated that. And now that I've gone I gone through through his entire discography, I'm exhausted. Uh, I would actually agree with a lot of the the critics and the the music historians that tricky. If you're listening, we know you're a big fan. It's okay. Yes. This is what we do with Novo Day. Novo Day can be a singular person. That's me. But Novo mm-hmm. Day is at the exact time a collective, a band, if you will, of people putting a lot of different art into the world. So they can be tricky. Can be both things at the same time. It's okay, buddy. You know, there's a lot of people like that too. Like, like whom? You know, they they're one person, but they're a collective of many other personalities. Well, we hear that, and we hear that in the opposite way. We talk about yeah. Nine Inch Nails a lot, where that sounds more like a band name, but it really is one person. It's it's know, really true. doing everything. Yeah. Well, and it, it's everything. like even the early. He could even make an argument for some huge bands like beach boys beach boys was a group but it really was brian brian wilson for at least a period of time i think that's yeah so i the point is is like you can have names that sound like a singular person be a collective and you can have collective names that can be singular people at the same time it doesn't matter is the point it can be both please don't uh, lose any sleep over this speaking so let's, of brian wilson yes yes i know this is we're in the middle of the yes. show but i may be going and seeing brian wilson oh okay we'll, okay we'll talk about it post show Ooh, but uh there might be a uh there might be a, a concert going experience for us oh okay okay i like i ooh, i like where this is headed yeah. we'll talk a little Behind later the so yeah so let's go ahead and dive into his discography so 1995's his very first LP, as already stated, is Max and Quaye. This shares now this has a lot of overlap with Massive Attack, very trip hop sounds. What's what's great about this here's some the fun facts right away guys, is uh, the track Overcome on the album literally shares the almost the exact same lyrics as Massive Attack's Karma Coma from Protection. Uh, Same with Hell is Around the Corner with Eurochild. And what's great about this one is there is a third level of overlap so the sample that is in Dummy's Glory Box is the exact same sample that is used in Hell is Around the Corner with the exact same lyrics that was used in Eurochild. And if you're wondering what that is, Buck, that is 
Isaac Hayes' Ike's Rap 2. Rap 2. And it's been used like in three other songs as well. <laughs> uh, there was a recent... Um, I, it was in an Apple. Isn't that crazy? Like yeah. how much overlap there is? Jesus Christ. Yeah. I like, and, and when you hear Hell's... I always used to get those two con- mixed up with Hell's Around the... Hell is Around the Corner and what was the Portishead song again? Glory, Glory Box. Glory Box. Yeah. I used to always get those mixed up. I used to always think they were the same song. They obviously aren't. But you could definitely do some mixing to make them sound. I'm sure somebody out there has made like a like a mashup a mashup Kinda. between the two. <laughs> oh, I would like that. I would like that. A I lot. bet you if I looked it up right now, there is and and somebody used it recently, and it was featured in an Apple commercial, and I was like, oh, they're using Glory Box. Oh, I was sh- like, well, maybe it's Hell is around the corner. Well, I think it, but and it's like it that somebody... rattling, oscillating part that you know that. I well, it was the same. That is a part of Ike's rap too. Yeah, but it was it's it was definitely. That. It was definitely sampled from the same thing. I was like, "Oh man, people are just huh, using that thing to death right now." So yeah, it's it's been it's been used a few times. Um, there is a website I should go look um, where it's like say, who sampled what, and you can actually yeah. look at all the samples from a song, and I and you can look at all the same all of the songs that have actually sampled off of that one song. Interesting. Now I will say this: he, I think he he struck gold right out of the gates. Yeah. I love this LP. I think it is a perfect perfect album within the genre of trip hop it highlights everything's great about tricky his aesthetic his sound but also uh that he likes to be a little bit in the background now uh i can see why he argues against that a lot of these albums are solo albums uh that it's still just kind of him because he is you know he is compute even though he he relies heavily on loops and stuff like that he's still composing those loops he's still designing the tracks mm-hmm. he had he had a um he had a producer help him on this one but um, they created a lot of the shapes and sounds and figures together. And then, of course, the, the vocals came uh, after that, usually later with overdubs. And he, and he writes the lyrics. So I, he does a majority of the crafting. That's why I can see why he would be upset. I reached out to our uh, research team while we were. Oh, ooh, OK. <laughs> Uh, we have a we have we have a like a hundred people team yeah uh research like fact checking us as we're doing this i don't know if you guys knew that and then buck just gave me the green light that we have we have a we have some some things checked okay going back into the the t-buck tangent corner information coming in right now oh i like that ike's rap has two has been sampled in 11 major songs oh fuck me. we said glory box hell is around the corner i forgot one that was a huge hit a few years ago here by alicia cara which was a major hit and then that song that i was thinking about um nothing burns like the cold which was featured oh. in an apple an apple commercial so it wasn't even a different song it was th- yes there's 11 different songs that sample it but there's at least i would say five of those were major hits oh wow that's so- yeah, thank you isaac hayes yeah thank you <laughs> and thank you to our our team wherever our- Crack team of of uh, fact checkers and, yeah. and historian uh, collectors. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thank, thank you, Bob thank you and John, Julie, Jason, and Jessica, and Dennis. Thank He's you. probably the team leader, right? I am uh, sure. <laughs> Max Aquaye, uh moves on to 1996. Nearly God. Uh, Nearly God, unfortunately, is not on a lot of streaming platforms. You have to go yeah, on you YouTube to listen it to it, but it. Um, he clearly he he famously did not like 
the fame and attention he got from his first LP because he found so much success right away. And there are certain artists that famously do this a lot. They just don't like the limelight. Kurt Cobain popped in my head immediately, right? They, they yeah. kind of shy away from it. They're, they're artists at, at heart. And they're, they're not really doing this to get famous. They're doing this to put their art into the world. And, um, and, and Nearly God really pushes into those experimental sounds. You can see how he wanted to kind of push away from the sounds that were a little more digestible, a little easier listening. And he brought on uh, Nana Cherry and uh, very famously Bjork. And actually, uh, another fun fact, they actually dated for a while. Things didn't work out. Shocker. Those two brains together. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine but... like, okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah. The conversation. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, God, like I, could, I couldn't. Like, Bjork's got her TV and she goes, I imagine that there's a little city inside of here. <laughs> there's, there's a little there's world like inside little, of this world. There's little elves that bring me my TV picture to me and it makes me happy. And Tricky's just like, yeah, babe, that's the way it goes. And like, <laughs> you could just imagine. And and I if you that. think I'm, I'm making fun of Bjork, there is a video of her actually talking about this, about how she loves her television. We actually, I'm actually a huge Bjork fan. Do yourself a favor. Just just Ooh, YouTube, musical favor. Yes. YouTube Bjork and her television. And it is a yeah, she's fascinating so, interview. She's so... Um, so Icelandic. So unique. Yes. that, that I want to live in her brain for a week and just see what, what, what goes on in there's there. Little, there's like a little city on the circuit board and it sends pictures to me. <laughs> and that leads us to pre-millennium tension, 1996. Uh, this is another one I would say I loved. I did like a bit. Again, he's pushing away from the limelight he's mm -hmm. going into he's pushing deeper into his own aesthetic and sound and uh we're seeing him take a lot more risks of course there's still the duets you know he he heavily relies on female vocals usually martina and later we're seeing other female vocalists step in as well like Marta and things like that and and that leads us to angels with a dirty face yep. 1998 this one because to me this one is extremely experimental compared to the last four or last three, oh yeah it's a, it's a totally different sound um, yeah and, and, and honestly it falls a little flat for me because i i i want to i want to talk about that in terms of the title track talk to me angels with dirty faces because what is is happening with the drum line like as a, a rhythm lover as a, as a drummer is it a is it a loop gone wrong T-Buck, is it the performance itself? Is it the tracks themselves overdubbed in tandem? What is happening with this fucking drumline? It drove me crazy. I don't know. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, it's one of those things when you hear it. Because there there are, like, I have, and I think, you know, when you listen to albums and you can actually, or even watch some even movies, you can pick up on some mistakes people have made past QA, and like, nobody would ever pick up unless you knew. Well, this was clearly on purpose, but though. Th that's what I mean. You know? It's like, yeah. you hear some albums and you hear mistakes and stuff like this i i don't think that this was one i don't think it was a mistake i think i it just was i just want to understand yeah I if you want to understand the madness it, i because yeah it's clearly meant to be rigid hard gritty almost ugly honestly in form i'm playing you know, it wants you my, to feel uncomfortable i'm playing yeah, it, it wants you to feel right uncomfortable it's it's yeah you're uncomfortable right yeah. like it, it creates this I'm, I'm leaving this dissonance this cognitive yeah, dissonance I'm done with it, the show it, right like because we're so yeah we're so we're so used with music uh you know music is is 
designed to make you feel good and not make you and not the opposite. And it talk to me really does that to me. And I feel like that's a good centerpiece for the whole. I mean, don't get me wrong. There is some traditional tricky, you know, easy, easier listening tunes. Um, I was actually <laughs> uh, the, the best stuff is, is the real life story stuff is uh, I was listening. It gives to- you anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I have to turn it off because I was I'm starting to like actually get like. Yeah. yeah, you know, you'll laugh at this book. Like when I was doing my homework for this, I was in my car with my wife and we were driving somewhere and I had this album on and she was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I can <laughs> like we just had this moment where she's like, I, I, I hate this. I, can we can we change it? Yes. And I and then I it's funny is that, that I put in um, I put on Overcome from Max and Quaye and she's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's from the same artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that in a in a nutshell is angels with dirty faces still give it a listen very experimental but um I, it falls a little flat and we're doing it one more time with juxtapose 1999 with dj monks and dame grease i really like this album and we're still uh pushing away from that first lp until we get to 2001 the new millennium with blowback and blowback is really really special to me because i was listening this is about the time I really got obsessed with Massive Attack mm. and equally started to become the amateur musicologist that I am. And so I started to study the history. Uh, I was listening to the Blue Lines and I was learning about all the musicians and that helped to make Blue Lines. And that's how I initially found Tricky. And I wanted to listen to the album that he put out at the time, which was Blowback. And uh, I think this is probably the closest thing he had to commercial success. And he, he even said famously he uh, he had to put out an album like this because he was broke. Because <laughs> he's like, he's, he's I'm broke. Doing I got I got He's doing yeah. one for I do one for the fans and I do, you know, the others for right. me. But when they say they do yeah. one for the fans or. Yeah, I do one for me and then I do one for you. And this one was yeah. a for you. And but it still has that. Don't get me wrong. As close. It is the closest thing to a, a traditional pop album he's ever yeah. written. But it's experimental pop. Right. Yeah, There's even it's like not, some hip hop. Yeah. Elements into it oh like, man it, it's all over the place it yeah. has touches of rock and punk definitely uh hip-hop dub reggae i mean it let me let me go through the 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 guest stars red hot chili peppers literally everyone except the drummers of mm-hmm. flea anthony kiedis josh klinghoffer john frashanti cindy lopper alanis morissette uh ed kowalisic hawkman Stephanie McKay, Amber Sunshower. Um, this was this was also remember that that horror movie. We had we had a certain kind of breed of horror movies in the early two thousands. There was a film called Thirteen Ghosts, and I oh, remember yes. hearing that very specific vocal timber he has and the song Excess. And I saw it in the movie, and that was part of the reason I was like, oh, you know, all, all this, all the all the dots come, you know, connected. I was like, Massive Attack excess tricky okay i need to listen to this album 13 ghosts had shannon elizabeth right exactly that's the one yeah yeah a very you know she's a thespian she's a master oh yes she she was in like four movies she's an american pie that's the most famous one i was gonna say she's like she was the love it that 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 uh european uh, european accent she did that was yeah she should she should have worn an actor uh, an award like an oscar for that gm uh so blowback was um blowback's a lot of things guys listen to this album i actually i i love it it is it is definitely more pop but it has that tricky sound and it's great i think it's great from beginning to end yeah i've only listened to it a few times just because 
because you know you are more of the tricky fan. I am the tricky connoisseur. Um, in our unlike family. Max yes. and, and Quay, like um, Quay. Max and Quaye. Yeah, it's hard to pronounce. It is hard. Yeah, that's like on the Mount Rushmore of like trip hop albums. So I've definitely. Oh, uh, it it is. It is the birth, the birthplace in a lot of ways of trip hop. So that's the one that I've always really kind of drawn to. But yeah, I I did. You know, going back through this again, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, Um, especially the second uh, track on there. Um, What is it called? Uh, Evolution Revolution. Yeah, it's fun. It's 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 a lot more uh, traditional instrumentation versus the his his use of loops. I mean, loops are still in there, but it's it's clearly big collaborative effort with musicians and sounds and approaches and all these things. And um, I love that he's he's starting to bring in a lot more other uh, vocalists besides just Martina, both female and male. And we'll touch on this a little later. And I, I always thought there's such a there's he's very inclusive with his his guest vocalists. Mm. And I love that, especially with male guest guest vocalists. I've heard everything from the Caribbean to the Middle East to the Far East. I mean, he really is. um he really tries to experiment with those sounds. And it's funny that I, I used Kurt Cobain earlier in an example because he does a reggae-infused cover of Nirvana's Something in the Way from Nevermind on this album. Because I remember hearing the li- lyrics and I was like, oh, fuck me, I got to look this up. And sure enough, it was the exact cover. It wasn't yep. like a reimagining. That leads us to 2003's Vulnerable. And we're seeing a big leap in production quality. Sounded more full body, but very uh, consistent in tone. I feel like every song is a little similar here. We're not taking a lot of crazy risks everywhere, but overall a solid record. And this is this is a perfect example of where you could put a lot of the songs found in Vulnerable and put them almost anywhere down or up in his discography, and they would still work. Yeah, just kind of keeping on that tone. I mean, again, we, we, we've said this theme a lot, like when we're we're talking about artists as they kind of mature and get a little older, they they do find a sound and a groove that they like and they kind of stick with it many times. Some of them switch totally 180. But yeah, sometimes you get these albums that are very, I would say, kind of even keel. Yeah, they're yeah. there. It's it's I, I hate to use the word safe, but like, yeah, they just, that's what I was They kind of get say, into yeah. the zone. They, yeah. they kind of get into the zone and they just they know they want to release something. Uh, but think of Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper released another <laughs> album, I think, a few years ago, and it sounds like every other Alice Cooper. Uh, ACDC is the same way. Um, yes. Yeah. They just it just sounds like we just took a song and mixed it up again. You know, that one thing. <laughs> That's what I was like. And that <laughs> exactly. And that leads us to 2008's Noel West Boy. Now, what's great about what's what's amazing and great about this album it is it marks the first time in 13 years buck that he is completely alone like a vocal performance completely by himself on a song for once really in his career since 1995 it took him 13 years but we got to council a state and now we get to just hear his vote i didn't even notice i had to act i was like listening to the <laughs> to the album in my car and i i i remember I remember that in the back of my head, I needed to remember and look for Council Estate when I got to this album, and I forgot. And I remember like three or four tracks later, it hit me. I was like, oh, did I already hear the song where he's by himself? And I did. I, yeah, I always like, especially that's like me when I'm listening to like my Discover Weekly or something like that, where you're like, just 
you're in the mood to just like hear one song or like hear something and it just kind of passes through and you have no idea. Yeah. I always hate when that happens. <laughs> because I, I've been doing this a lot lately where I've just been craving like some sort of new sound and I'll just yeah. sit there and I, I play it in the background at work and then I'm like, well, I went 17 tracks and had no idea which one. Any any pre-gym gym of the weeks you want to give us right now? Is there anything on your radar where you're like, uh, oh, th- shit. There's like a couple like songs that I picked up, but no artists really right now um okay yeah i'm still i'm still like it's weird save it for a gem of the week down yeah down the the list i I gotta explore but i'm i'm getting i'm getting a ton of like japanese artists right now like and some of them are rock and they sound actually really good so i just yeah that's one thing i'm kind of looking into i know i've i've said the south korean gentleman kind of does a folktronica thing and i love his work still still out there searching (laughs) I'm like Jean Luc Picard. Jean Luc. Hey, that was my favorite Star Trek. Uh, yeah, the TNG sitcom is yeah is next generation. I grew up with that shit. Yeah, that's my that's my jam. Yeah, it was it was uh, appointment television for me. Oh man, I I what, between me and my mom and I think even my dad at one point we saw the whole series, not not just you know yeah. full season series yeah. to the point where my mom was like, oh my god, Nova, we've seen. Yeah, the first couple seasons are not that great. Like, it's weird watching like the first season compared to like the last down the road (laughs) when they when they really were dialed in. Yeah, once they figured out that they could be themselves and kind of found their grounding, they really um, which is uh, I feel like which is a testament to every every single artistic endeavor, be it a Star Trek show, an album, a painting, like. Eventually, you you find your footing and you, you kind of find your zone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's move on to 2009's "Tricky Meets South Rockas." Uh, this was a um, kind of a mashup album, honestly. I. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. If you liked his previous work from the stuff we've talked about, uh, you'll love this because it's just essentially uh, remixes of his previous catalog. I know and this then album we get to- oddly well. Because um, we Really? Were, yeah, because when we were in, um, I don't know if you were at the time. I was in grad school at the time when this came okay. out. And this came on my radar somehow, and I listened to it several times. So, hmm. yeah, it is different. I haven't listened to it like since then. Um, but like when I saw the- Skipped uh, over. Over it for cover. your homework, I understand. Wow, well, because I knew what it was. Uh, <laughs> when I saw the album cover, when I was going through it again, I was like, "Oh man, this is kind of bringing back some memories." So. Oh, there you go. Uh, luckily, we get to 2010, and uh, we get to mixed race. And I absolutely this is another one I've lo- I love. This is a big so, so one. far. Yeah. yeah, so far it's that first LP blowback, and then this. I think you know it's like every three or four albums he just puts out something I'm in love with, and this is one because he is uh, you know like like we talked about uh in the intro or the intro to the discussion he is all over the place but in an extreme way in this album like yeah it is it is you know bex odelay is famously kind of all over the place and in terms of form and and structure and genre and stylings uh mixed race is the same way that was the first thing i thought of when I when I listen to this album and he even does these like little vignettes like the Beatles is uh, let it be, you know, mm-hmm. these little skits and and just on the, the topic of I would say he would give a lot of a lot of time to other vocalists to shine and especially male vocalists. And on the track Hakim, there is yep. a yeah, there's a there's a Middle Eastern male singer that 
I we don't get enough of this. I've I've always been in love with uh, a lot of Middle Eastern kind of music, and we just don't see a lot of it in the West. Yeah, and I, I, unfortunately, I think it's for political things. But I that that was what I was going to say when you were bringing up this album. If there's one track that you should listen to this to on this album, I think it's Hakeem. Uh, yeah, it's just so and so. It's ref- like you said, we don't hear a lot of this, and it's it's refreshing. And it's it's yes. it's a cool sound, yeah. And uh, it, it's definitely like if if I had to pick a track off here, yeah, it's th- this is my favorite one on on this on this album. So yeah, check it out if that's one <laughs> song you're going to listen to on on one of these. Just not on his whole discography, though. No, if not on his discography. To, I'm just saying on yeah. This if you're going to listen album. to this one song or two to get into Tricky, you got to do it from that first LP, uh, Overcome or. Yeah, something like that, or Hell is Around the Corner. And that leads us to uh, 2013's False Idols. It's um, To me, this is more of a polished version of Vulnerable, honestly, from 2003, which is coincidentally exactly 10 years uh, prior. The production quality is just, I mean, you see a clear evolution in just the sheer production values here. And it's a very, very solid album. And he's, again, embracing world music. There's a literally a track called Chinese Interlude. And it's exactly what you think it would be. Uh, even in um, Mandarin, uh, I'm not sure if it's, I'm not exactly sure for that. Please tweet at me if I'm wrong. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But if it's in Cantonese. Uh, it is, you're, you're, oh my God. Yeah. Oh God. Me. I'm going to get the whole fucking government after yeah. me again. Jesus. <laughs> It's like the fourth time, guys. Then uh, that leads us to 2000. Oh, I got Buck giggling. I saw it in the I saw it in the monitor. <laughs> yeah, uh, that brings us to two. No giggle. They like that. That's that's the charm of the show. You got to giggle a little I bit know. at the dumb shit we say to each other. Okay, that that brings us to 2016's a- uh, Adrian Thaws. Um, now, if you were listening closely, you remember in our uh, background intro, that's his name. So yeah. he named the album after his real his real first and last name. And though he calls this album famously the closest thing he's ever written to like a club album, you know, like club tracks, like he still has that signature tricky sound. And I, I, I'm sorry, tricky. It's it does not sound like a club yeah, album. EDM has changed a lot. <laughs> yeah, since. maybe maybe in the early or mid 90s, you could. Get yeah, when it wasn't rave, kind of like we took the culture of raves and we and we uh, we gave it uh, a you know we took away the drugs and and gave it more bigger production live values. Yeah. That's kind of EDM in a lot of ways, and this is like the old yeah old club club music where people are just still like just like dancing with their shoulders. There's not there's not full jumping up and down in a mosh pit uh, squeeze of people. And um and yeah, you're just like sipping on your I don't know vodka soda with yeah. a straw. Vodka it has to be soda. a straw though. Skinny girl drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, that aren't I painting a good picture of those those old club kind of images? Oh yeah, like uh, yeah, it wasn't the. <laughs> and then uh, I always think of those those places like you have the rave room or the dance room, then you have the chill the room. The rave room, yeah. You have the chill room. Where it's this is like where yeah. you would hear like trip hop. The and boom, stuff. yeah, you got the boom boom room. Um, and then you let's got not the, talk the about chill the room. room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what's better to talk about. That's 2016's also Jesus. 2016's skilled mechanics. Uh, this album was with DJ Milo and Luke Harris, and this was the time uh, that uh, you know this was a notable time because Tricky 
release new music with Massive Attack, too. Mm -hmm. After 20 years, they did the EP Ritual Spirit. Again, you can hear about all that over here. Click right here. No, wait, wait, not here. Uh, right right here. Click here, click. and you can go to oh, our other there you go. episode click, on Massive Attack. Oh, well, yep, he's right. Right there. Yep, right there. And we can, we can um, show you our other career episode on massive attack um he loves his he loves his covers i'm surprised yeah. at how much he covered through his career and he covered stone sour's brother now this is written by Corey taylor of slipknot fame mm -hmm. you know that's his other band stone sour but his famous band is slipknot and he's a, it's a it, you know as much as i'm not a huge i love metal i've talked about this in other shows i'm not a huge um new metal fan you know no. slipknot and stuff i was growing up i loved corn and slipknot and all that shit That's... uh but as i've gotten older no longer sorry guys yeah. but i will say this about stone sour's brother what a beautiful beautiful song specifically yeah. with that vocal melody that da, 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 da. yeah you and know would... you can it's such a pretty song yeah and you know slipknot with new metal you know love him hate him kind of thing I always thought Corey was, you know, more of a musician. Well, he has a beautiful that. talk about yeah. a range. He can yeah. do those scrowling, those growling scream vocals, and then he yeah. can turn around and sing bother yeah. and sound beautiful. Just yeah. like great harmonies and, and melodies. Um, so uh, but yeah, I mean, I uh, as a drummer, you know, I, I'll do a little tangent corner here. I love me some Joey Jordanson. I love me some slipping okay. up growing up, but you know, yeah. as I as I had my awakening. My musical awakening I, I i had to say i had to say goodbye to the yeah i to, mean uh iowa and shit like those albums <laughs> no there's a lot it, like another guy mike Patton. i think we've talked about before from mr bungle or faith no more um yeah another guy that has an amazing vocal range he he's i think he's sung some opera uh stuff oh, before. i didn't know that uh yeah. But yeah like a lot of those guys there were some really good musicians even though some of the new metal. This this is actually kind of a preview for my um my gym. Your gym of the week. Oh, okay. Uh well, let me look at the time. Yeah, let's uh let's let's get through the rest of his career so we can get to that gym. So in 2017, he released Ununiform. And again, he it's very much have you seen uh <laughs> a consistent thread in our thesis? He's a pushing his signature sound even further and he does another cover and this is holes song doll and uh again i was he <laughs> did it very well and um i was again shocked i try to listen to the album before i do my research like i want to kind of go in blind mm -hmm. so i'll like listen to the album and then if i hear something like that that's when i start you know to get on the googles and be like what the hell is happening i i actually like really like that cover of this i yeah i think it's fantastic but yeah it's it's you know what as i've been grow getting older i actually i've been more and more interested in covers of songs that i like oh yeah um, we've talked about this before in our shows yeah okay yeah well yeah you know we we actually talked about the fact that we need to kind of do a show on covers like famous yeah. covers like all along the watchtower and all that kind of shit. yeah um we so, will uh put a put a pin in that yeah. listeners uh we will do that one day i don't know when we have quite a long list of things we want to tackle before we do kind of more of an abstract show like that but we'll get there well we'll yeah there. there's and I'm, I'm just gosh i just got another idea okay we'll, we'll 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 keep it in the bag but it's another guy that wrote a ton of music that is very famous still today 
He and he's an actor musician. Um, oh, who is it? Just tell us. Well, I'm one. I'm I'm trying to see if you can guess who it is. Famous oh, actor. Okay. okay. But okay. he's a musician that basically tons of people have used his songs, like that have made fame, made his. Oh, Rain famous. Dogs. Yes. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on a downtown train. Tell tell us the name. Tom Waits. Tom but, Waits. Yeah. yeah, no, one of my favorite musicians of all time. That's one of my favorite albums of all time is Rain Dogs. Rain Dogs. So, yeah. By Tom Waits. No. Yeah. Um, so I did guess it right. Talk about a okay, let's do another T Book tangent corner. Talk about a fucking unique vocal. Tom Waits. <laughs> Tom Waits. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Sometimes almost that, to a point where it's 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 not pleasant to listen to. He, he, well, and there and there's an aesthetic again age. that I think he tries to um embrace. Yeah. I think he likes that much like tricky sometimes writing music that's a little a little anxious, a little uncomfortable. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh which is the opposite of 2020's Fall to Pieces. This is the most minimalistic stripped down I have ever seen tricky in my goddamn life. And just two years ago with Fall to Pieces. Again, it still uh, has that very tricky aesthetic and sound. Female female vocals leading the pack with him in the background, kind of adding texture. But uh, it's, yeah, it's it's the least amount of loops and instrumentation I've kind of ever heard on his catalog until we get to to, um, Lonely Lonely Guest and where we are seeing some of that but in a different direction. And and we're seeing that right away because I I <laughs> I it took me a little while to realize that Lonely Guest is still tricky. I actually thought Lonely Guest was like a different artist that was guest starring tricky mm. and then i realized oh he just changed he did he pulled an apex twin and changed his name randomly for one album and released it like tupac <laughs> machiavelli or or kanye kanye's in the in the news a lot oh yeah he uh yay he, yeah he just he just said that uh sorry <laughs> i just read <laughs> this he uh kid cuddy's no longer on donda because he's friends with you oh yeah i read that i read that too poor guys it's it's crazy to me let's do another tangent corner it's crazy to me how public these feuds are like if me and you had a feud about something i would never ever put it on twitter you know what we would do we would just call each other we and would be just like, probably call sorry. each other and just like hash be like it out. sorry like, yeah we, hash it out we, we, we apologize we and move on like we've done before it, yeah that? and it's usually not even that big of a deal it's like done within five minutes um i i think it, it really shows the mental state that he's in I it kind of <laughs> this is going to sound horrible. Uh, it kind of makes me wish that gangster rap, like the rap wars, are back because at least there was some beef there. Um, yeah, this is just to me. It's that seems substantial, right? Yeah, that seemed like yeah, beef. people were shooting each other at that time, um, which is terrible. Yeah, now but, it's like yeah, uh, like you called me a mean name. Like that was the first thing. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, they're acting like children. In yeah, these feuds. Like it doesn't seem real to me. They don't seem like adults. It it just makes uh, me miss Pink Polo. I don't Kanye. like when you call me names. Yeah, <laughs> or I, something. Like, it's just stuff like that. It, to me, it's a little sad too because it's showing just how he's degrading mentally in a way, and and not to bring the oh, down. Oh man, the, where he's gonna he's gonna yell at us? Wouldn't that be the great the greatest publicity is if Kanye listened to this show and he got so upset. That oh, we I'd were, be so we scared. were criticizing his public feuds with people. I'd be so scared, but at the same time, I would be like, 
dude, you're still like one of the greatest producers ever. Oh and yeah, like, no, he's. I I think just artistically, yeah, he's. We we have no problem with him. He's great. It's just like you don't have to air your your dirty laundry for no, all of us but to see. I, just just call Kanye. I know you're a big fan of the show. Just call him and just fucking figure this shit out. Call Billy too while you're at it. Like it doesn't have to be over Twitter. It doesn't have <laughs> like, to be that bad, man. Yeah. And that's and that's why I don't think it is. Well, they'll be, they'll I do be think back. It's real, but I think it's there's a purpose behind the feud. Like they want people to outrage culture it, it, loves this, right? And that and that's the thing too. It could totally be cuz a lot of the West Coast East Coast stuff in the 90s that was a lot of just talk. Um yeah. too. Uh well, I, then it wasn't one day well, when we heard the news. That's because people other dying. people got involved. Yeah. So, no, I think a lot of it is it, it could totally be that I they're going to be I mean, look how many They're times he's had feuds yes. with Jay Z and they, and then they totally or Taylor play. Swift, exactly. Yeah. So let's on that note, so. let's pull it back. So I have a question for you, Buck. Now that we've talked extensively about Tricky's career, do you think he's still a solo act in one way, or do you think it's a collective? Or you can say both. I don't. I, think no, I think out. I think it, uh, it, it. He's. I would say this. He is a solo act because. He's been the oh, one constant. Okay. Um, yes, he's the the common denominator. It's it's like okay, here here's a good analogy. Santana. Do you think Santana yeah. is a solo act, or do you? I mean, it, I think he's a solo act. Yeah, everything is collaborative with him though. Because he doesn't. That speak. is true. I mean, okay, yeah. that is a really good uh, argumentative uh, example. Yeah, yeah. I think there is a bit of a collective to. Tricky as uh, tricky being a group name in a way, but yes, there is. I, I, he is a common denominator. He is the, uh, yeah, that's man, that really makes me think. Um, what do you guys think? Um, yeah, tell us right now. Us. We're, we're yeah, listening. I'm we're curious. Listening. Scream it. You know, I would love, yeah, more engagement. What do you guys think? Um, and, and I will say this though, uh, as much as, um, that can be debated forever, when I was trying to compare his career to other people, I w- actually thought of Brian Eno a lot because he has a lot of solo, uh, solo or collaborative collaborative uh works put out in terms of these albums but then he has extensive production career you know he's behind the booth he's behind the camera in a lot of ways and just like brian nito kind of you know found a sound early in his career and he just keeps making it to this day tricky did that you know with his sound and he keeps making to this today keep making it uh till this day and he still does a lot of production stuff now one thing he does that brian nito really doesn't do except maybe at like art galleries and stuff is he gets in front of the camera and he acts and he's had the most the strangest acting career Uh, he was in the fifth element which buck hinted at in the intro he was in the film clean he was in a music i'll never forget seeing him in the music video for tools parabola parabola was he like one of the dancer things that were I'm trying to remember. No, this. no, he wasn't one of those. You're thinking, you're thinking of the uh, video for Schism. Schism. This is Parabola. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I um, this up. And uh, and then he was in a he was in a sitcom called Girlfriends. And what I what I love about uh, what he's tried to do over his career that doesn't get talked about enough is he has always been very uh, trans sensitive. He's he's often uh, dressed up. Uh, as a woman or uh, you know he's played with gender and sexuality in his cover art or his liner notes and things like that and he's really tried to um, be sensitive to that culture and that world and that's great and then he did he did another thing that I noticed in the uh, the Brian Eno um, analogy is he made his own record label called Brown Punk so he could he could start to bring more of 
of these probably undervalued or minimalized uh, minority groups that are trying to make it in the, into the music industry. And so now he's he's finally giving them the voice that they deserve. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, good for him. He's, so he has, he's had such a he's had such a career. Yeah. So uh, Buck, take us home. Why? Should the good people get in to Tricky? Tricky, again, it's the uniqueness and of his sound. But also, he's been a huge influence on a lot of artists. Like we said before, he, you know, we always use the Mount Rushmore analogy. If you put trip hop. Yeah, I like that analogy. He it is, is on the Mount Rushmore of trip hop as a genre. Of trip hop, um, yeah. yeah. So whether you, you like trip hop or not, or you're trying to get into it, or you're looking into it, definitely check you. you well, definitely. You have to check him out. So you have I think to. he's had yeah. a big impact on music overall, and especially with that genre, and that's what makes him important. Absolutely. Well put, Mr. Buck. And there you have it, guys. The career, the history, the passion that is tricky from top to bottom. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank T-Buck for being our guest today. And before we go, of course, we want to give you a little more. And we're going to do that with what we call the gym of the week. If you don't know what the gym of the week is, it's essentially something we like to talk about in our shows here, but it doesn't always fit into the scheme of the episode. Could be on our radar in the last day, week, maybe month, but uh, we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper uh i feel like i've been talking my little ass off this episode so i'm gonna give you the floor first buck since you're you had a you you're uh the anticipation is killing me um i'm a little behind on this one but i i did finally um i've got like you know i'm sure you do as well just a laundry list of things to watch i i finally watched the woodstock 99 um documentary on hbo yeah um, we saw that a, a couple months back. Yeah. So you talk about, I remember this vividly um, because yes, I was, I remember too. watching the coverage on MTV. I, my dad even got the, the pay-per-view. Just the shit storm that was that. Yeah. He, he here, even right? bought the pay-per-view because he thought it was something that we could watch. And and very quickly he said, I, maybe we shouldn't be watching. Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> maybe we should just watch uh, Disney. My movies. dad's a huge, loves music and everything into it. Um, yeah. So I, it was a great thing for me. It was nostalgia because th- this was my freshman year of high school. If if we're going to date ourselves, it, it was it was watching. It was that nostalgia there uh, from seeing that. But what really got me was the cultural uh, situation and impact. And I I came away feeling like kind of a little ashamed of somewhat being kind of a part of that, loving that genre at that time, and then realizing what was really going on. Mm. They're, they're, they definitely do a statement on kind of the culture at the time you think about it and you're like, Oh my God, there's a lot of things that were going on that definitely could not happen today. And that we were all being kind of spoon fed as kind of being normal. And it just was not. Yeah. It was just kind of look a hindsight is 2020. Yeah. It's uh, it's a perfect example of, we didn't, we didn't realize, you know, that's the power of, of how much awareness we're seeing in the last few years. We didn't realize how bad, we were and how society was well, acting. I was growing up in that time and then looking back on the things that we were watching and stuff and we thought we're just kind of part of norm normalcy. You look back and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe we Yeah. That the world was like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so take take a look at that. Uh it's a good show. It's a good thing and it also talks It's about- well, yeah, it's well documented. Yeah. Uh, me and my wife saw it uh when it um I think shortly after it came out. And yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, Buck. It is 
it is a, a very fascinating lens into into a, a, a niche part of our uh, the last twenty to thirty years of our history, uh, but how specifically begin- in America. Yeah, but 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 also they bring up, and I thought it was a really good point how the beginning of the decade, especially with the grunge movement, was not yeah. like that. It was a total opposite kind of thing. I mean, you you're talking about like really being pro, like you know gender non-conformity thing kirk cobain used to go on stage wearing dresses and stuff like that sure i, I mean absolutely and you think about that and it was basically taken and commercialized and destroyed within yeah. a few years yeah i just thought it was a good commentary on that point of life it was it hit me hard because it was just like it, it's like what i watching those yeah. things when you're growing up and you're like i did i just did not realize how bad things were exactly exactly so yeah my gem of the week is the complete opposite um i I, uh, about a week ago, I um, tried out Netflix's uh, Murderville. If you don't know what Murderville is, it's hosted by Will Arnett, and it's a hybrid comedy show. It's half improv, half scripted. And what they do is they have a brand new um, celebrity guest every, every episode, and they design a fictional murder investigation. And the guest has to go, they, they always, it's, it's like the same formula every week. There's a murder, they investigate the murder, they um, interview three suspects, and then at the end, the guest celebrity uh, picks who they think is the fictional murder, you yeah. know, the killer. Uh, and along the way, they set, they set up the guest uh, celebrity in these scenarios that involve improv where they just have to kind of, you know, they kind of know the the basic scheme of the plot per episode. And then they're allowed to just kind of go wild with uh, how, how they really want to push into the improv, into the scene, or if they want to, a lot of them sometimes kind of pull back and they don't even know what to say. And that, that awkwardness is equally funny. Like the the very first episode is with Conan O'Brien, who is a is a pro. Yeah. You know, he's done he's done improv pretty or, or a version of this improv his entire career yeah. when he would do his traveling kind of shows. You know, he'd go to Italy or something like that. And he would kind of just mess with people, uh, you know, along the street or in restaurants or wherever. And so he he is perfect uh, in this in this role. And it is I I was shocked at how funny it really was. And there is a fictional there is a fictional narrative from uh, first episode to the to the last. It's only six episodes, and they're like thirty minutes each. But I I was it was killing me. I was rolling. I I had so much fun with it. And I haven't seen I haven't seen you know except for stand up. You know I talk about how much I love stand up a lot, but I haven't seen comedy in any other format except stand up that really made me laugh. You know we haven't seen comedy movies in a long time, and we haven't seen a format that has really worked. At least in my opinion, and Murderville is one of them. I actually uh, found out that it is a, it was a show based in um, in Great Britain uh, uh, or the UK, it's... and they brought it over here for American audiences. They kind of just like The Office, right? There was like a British office, and then they adapted it for American list o- audiences. Tons of shows that's been the case. That's been like that, yeah. yeah especially with or vice TV. versa. Like we've we've sent. I think we've sent. Uh, it's always sunny to like Russia or Germany and it's a huge yeah. hit. Their version of it's always sunny in Philadelphia yeah. over there. Still great. Um, still another great pop culture comedy. Oh, play. I still, I watch, I watch it to this day. Yeah. Same with South Park. South Park. Yeah, the, I love it. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, so check that out as well, guys. And if you like that, of course you could check out our stuff at 
underscore Novo underscore Day. And day is DE. And at Novo Day Media, you can, of course, check out our products at NovoDayProductions.com. There you'll find things like the Entropy Sessions, Post Meridium, Adulteration, Cancel Cultural Auto, and a lot more to come. So don't forget to like and subscribe, follow, and hit that notification bell. Rate and review if you're watching this on YouTube, of course. Comment. And if, and if you'd like to sponsor our little love child here, you can reach out to us at NovoDayMedia at gmail.com. So until next time, guys, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and God. Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media. At Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash Aco Music 123. Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com. And executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.